We come this morning to a time to bring God's Word to bear upon the hearts and lives of our children. And as we continue through the Jesus Storybook Bible, you know, we've just sang a couple of songs about, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. And, of course, the Redeemer there is Jesus Christ. You ever thought about that song? You may have heard it before. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. I mean, why would you want a thousand tongues to sing the praise of Jesus? It must be that what? He, he must be pretty doggone special. If just one tongue, one mouth is not enough to praise, if I, I wish I want two. No, two's not enough. Three. No, three hundreds of tongues. That's still not enough. Christ, I, I, a thousand tongues to sing his praise. And then we're just saying about on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground, any, everything else, anything that's not Christ is sinking sand, meaning I, I, I drown, I die. If it's not Christ, I die. Where in the world do songs like this come from? Where do we get these kinds of songs? And, and we can only pray that these things reflect our own heart. Otherwise, we're just singing in vain. But where does a heart come from that loves Jesus like this? Well, it comes from the Bible, which, as we have seen, communicates to us in every story about Jesus. And so we've been journeying through some of the Old Testament stories that are even hundreds of years before Jesus comes. They're telling us about who he's going to be and how worthy he is and worthy all that he's going to do is. And we've been following and tracing God's promise to send a Messiah, to send the Redeemer, to send Jesus to come and to save his people. And this morning we come to a story, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's a little unusual. And uh, if you have questions about it, Go and talk to your parents afterwards. It's going to be a lot of fun for them. But um, it's a little unusual, but it is so, so special in that it reveals to us another aspect of the beauty of Christ and why he's worthy of a thousand tongues to sing his praise. This, the title of this story that comes from the book of Genesis, chapters 29 and 30, is The Girl No One Wanted. The Girl Nobody Wanted. Now, let me get into it. There were once two sisters. The youngest sister was very beautiful, and her name was Rachel. The older sister was not beautiful at all. In fact, some thought she was ugly. And her name was Leah. So let me just make sure we got this. We've got two sisters, right? We've got Rachel and Leah. Which one's the beautiful one? Rachel, and which one is, I'm just reading from the story, the ugly one, the quite ugly one, Leah, okay? Now, Rachel, the beautiful one, was the kind of girl who always got invited to parties and always got chosen for the team. Everyone loved her, and poor Leah, no one ever really even noticed her. One day, their cousin Jacob, now here's where we, remember we were talking last week about Abraham and his son Isaac? You remember that story? Abraham was supposed to sacrifice Isaac. Jacob is the son of Isaac. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Now, so that's the connection. One day, Rachel and Leah's cousin Jacob came to stay with them. And he was one of Isaac's sons. And actually, Jacob was on the run. You see, Jacob had stolen and cheated and made a lot of enemies, including his own brother. And so now he's running for his life and he's trying to hide. Now, the funny thing is, Jacob, of all people, the liar and the cheater, 
was the one that God gave his special promise to. You remember the promise he gave to Abraham? That I will rescue the world through your family? Well, God passed that promise on to Jacob, the liar and the cheater. And so Jacob, he comes to his family's house and he stayed a long time working for his uncle named Laban. And one day Laban said, Jacob, you've been working here a long time. I should probably pay you for your work. What do you want? And a sudden thought struck Laban. How about I give you one of my daughters? Okay? Now, before I get going, which one do you think, based on what we know so far, Jacob is going to want? Rachel. So Jacob looked at Rachel and he looked at Leah. Who would he choose? Well, of course he chose Rachel. And he said to Laban, I'll work seven years for free if I can have Rachel. So Jacob worked seven long years, and then at last the wedding day arrived. But that night, sneaky Laban played a nasty trick on Jacob. All right, stay with me here. You see, instead of sending Rachel to marry Jacob, he sent Leah. Now you might be asking, well, how did he do this? Well, in those days... They didn't have electricity, so it was dark in their tent, and in that culture, the women wore veils. Maybe you've seen pictures of women today from a foreign land. They wore veils to cover their face, so really, there was no lighting, and with the mask covering, you couldn't see their faces properly, so Jacob never suspected that it wouldn't have been Rachel until the next morning when the sun comes up, and Jacob woke up and screamed his new wife laying beside him, wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. And Jacob jumped out of bed, Laban, you scoundrel. But Laban said, I tell you what, work for me another seven years, and then I'll give you Rachel. So Jacob did. He worked for Laban another seven years, and at last, then Rachel became his wife. But now, Jacob has two wives. His two wives, Jacob, he loved Rachel the best. So this posed a problem for Leah. No one loves me. I'm too ugly. But God didn't think she was ugly. And when he saw that Leah was not loved and that Jacob did not want her, God chose her. God chose her and to love her specially to give her a very important job. You see, one day God was going to rescue the whole world, not through Jacob and Rachel and their children, but through Leah's family. Now, when Leah knew that God loved her in her heart, suddenly it didn't matter that Jacob didn't love her or that she wasn't the prettiest. God had chosen her. God loved her with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. So when Leah had a baby boy, she called him Judah, which means, this time I will praise the Lord. And that's just what she did. And you'll never guess what God gave to Leah, what job he gave to her. You see, when God looked at Leah, he saw a princess. And sure enough, that's exactly what she became. You see, one of Leah's children's 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 children would be a prince. 
her son, her children's 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 children would be Jesus. And this prince Jesus would love God's people. And his people wouldn't need to be beautiful for him to love them. He would love them with all of his heart and they would become beautiful because he loved them. The fact of the matter is, this story of Rachel and Leah, we are Leah. Not because physically we're ugly, but because spiritually our sins. And yet God has loved us by grace and mercy. And God, through Jesus Christ, who died for us, to make us clean, to make us holy, that our sins might be forgiven. He has taken us in our ugliness, his people, and made us beautiful in Christ, just like he did with Leah. So do you see how the story of Rachel and Leah really is a story about Jesus and what he's going to do? And why even the story of Leah makes us sing, my goodness, if I'm a sinner ugly before God, and yet he has loved me in Christ Jesus and sent his son to do for me, to make us prince and princesses in his kingdom? One mouth is not enough to sing his praises. Two is not enough. Thousands. I want thousands. Because he is everything to us. Do you see why we sing songs like this? Do you see why we pray for hearts to connect these dots and see how without Christ we would have no hope? Upon Christ the solid rock, I build my life. Anything that's not him is sinking sand. Well, our prayer for you as young people is that you'll not just know these stories and be like, oh, that is really cool. I see how Jesus did that. But that your heart will see you're ugly just like I am. Not physically, spiritually. And that Jesus Christ is the one who's died to fix us and to bring us to God and to make us his forever.